Hello and welcome to the Helping Organisations Thrive podcast. This is your host, Julian Roberts. This podcast is to provide leaders with insights, discussions and robust strategies to help their companies thrive in these challenging times. We will be interviewing business leaders, owners and experts in the field of business resilience. Welcome to Helping Organisations Thrive. Uh, today, I have the great pleasure of uh, Debbie Hancock. Welcome, Debbie. Thanks for having me, Julian. Yeah, it's good to see you. And um, interestingly, I talk to the pe- all people all around the world, and you're about, I don't know, five miles away, if that's. Um, so um, <laughs> you're, you're probably the most local person I've interviewed, and we're still doing it in this context, but that's fine. Uh, but it's great to see you, and I've seen you in person as well, so it's even better uh, I know you in that way. Uh, I'm just going to tell the audience a little bit about you. Uh, so you're the founder uh, and owner of Southbourne Accountancy and Business Services. Uh, you are a fully qualified chartered management accountant, and you have a mission to help sports and fitness businesses to use their financial information to make a profitable business and make smarter decisions. And so I'm sure at some point today, and we will be talking about money, because um, why not? We've got an accountant on there, so we might talk about money, but we're going to talk about money and mindset. And I think that's really important and really valuable thing to talk about. But before we get into that, because um, I'm nosy and curious and just want to know a bit more about people, is uh, what do you love about what you do, Debbie? So I choose to specialise with sports and fitness businesses because I have a personal um passion for fitness when I was younger I swam for my local club and then I kind of gave up fitness for a while and discovered at 23 that I was incredibly unfit and got back into it and so over that period of time I've really got into different types of fitness and I believe that combining that passion and my skills means that I can work really well with the business owners and the leaders of those businesses Mm -hmm. because I, I have the same passion and desires as they do um and so it makes it fun to work with them and then we we connect better which if you've got a good relationship with your accountant you can actually get the benefit from that relationship whereas some people you know they don't really know their accountant so I enjoy working with the business owners and the leaders to help grow the business Mm. and by having similar interests it means that I'm interested in learning about their business and what they're trying to achieve that's great that you're combining your, your your skills as an accountant and your passion for sort of fitness and, and then you just then squashed it all together and you you serve and help uh, obviously those sort of business owners um what got you into the accountancy piece i mean obviously have you always been interested in maths numbers and all that things at school uh, uh, me being very stereotypical of what I think <laughs> of accountants but is that has that been the case Yeah, so I was always good at maths. My GCSE teacher pushed me into maths A-level because I wasn't going to do it. So I'd done maths A-level and I'd done graphic design, which is a strange combination. Sometimes people don't assume that accountants are very creative. Um, And then when it comes to uni, I had to decide if to go down the art route or the maths route. Um, And I enjoyed accounting and marketing. So I'd done accountancy at university. left university to go to a large FTSE 100 company in a project role so project accountant role which is perfect because it was not going down necessarily the tax route it was going down the using a using numbers and finance 
to help the project move forward. So it was kind of combining the math side of my brain mm-hmm. with the creative side. And yeah, that's and I just really enjoyed that role. And that's why I continued to qualify as a chartered management accountant. Excellent. And you've mentioned help a few times. You like you like helping people, and that's uh, your sort of almost driver, really. So we're talking about money mindsets. Um, well, first thing, what's your what's your view on money mindsets, and do people need to have a the right mindset, or does it not matter? We all we all have a money mindset. We just maybe don't realise it because we've never thought about it. Um, Surprisingly, I've recently learned that we form a lot of our beliefs by the age of six, which is insane because my son's six and you think, oh, God, <laughs> what have I instilled in him? Um, and we hear a lot of things when we're growing up. So it could be from our family. It could be friends, uh, TV, and that helps to form our mindset over the years. And then that influences us as adults. And there's not necessarily a good or a bad money mindset certain beliefs can hold you back and can limit you on achieving what you want to achieve so you might think oh I'm bad with money I'm bad I'm bad at maths that's where it starts and then I'm bad with money and your brain it's looking for proof that you're bad with money and then so you'll continue to do these things and your brain will think yes I'm bad with money and that will limit you from doing the things you need to do to either progress your business or in your personal life and so that money mindset is really important and Mm -hmm. there's definitely more of it around nowadays and people are starting to understand it a bit more and the and the impact it can have on other areas in your life and 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 just to just as like um we have health checks and and what, what what would be things to do almost like a money mindset help uh, sort of check as in to make sure that um i guess what what are the questions we would ask ourselves to make us think that we've got a, a mindset that's healthy rather than good or bad healthy or more positive what, what sort of things would you think about that we need to ask so um one question we sort of looked at i looked at with some people the other week was what's your earliest memory of money Um, because obviously you form these beliefs as kids so what's your earliest memory of money and people will go back to things like the tooth fairy or I remember going down to the news agents with pennies that we collected Mm. and and to pay for the newspaper or maybe it's your first job you know paper round and what were you told about that money were you told to save it or did you just go off and spend it Um, So by looking back at that, we can start to understand where our beliefs come from. And then it's asking yourself questions, taking like 10 minutes to go through questions such as, are you comfortable with receiving money? And are you comfortable with holding on to money? And then what do these, what are these beliefs, how are they serving you? Mm. So what's the impact of these beliefs? So someone might be uncomfortable with receiving money, which means that therefore they might not charge the right price. Mm-hmm. They might price too low. Or if they increase their prices, they might give too much value. So they're providing too much for the price they're charging. Mm-hmm. So if that's your if your belief is I don't feel comfortable with receiving money, it's then how is that belief serving you? 
there might be some good aspects to it because mm. you're you're helping and impacting people but they're also negative because if you're not charging enough your business isn't going to grow and therefore you can't employ people and you can't mm. spend money in the local economy so how is your belief impacting you that's interesting it all goes back to these these beliefs isn't it and and the fact that i agree with you that that growing up what we observe is not almost what we're taught because uh, we know that actually role modeling is far more impactful than just telling somebody you know observing somebody is um, more imp- impactful and as as a parent as well it, it always a scary challenge of uh, that's my, my kids are watching me um and i'm hoping i instill hopefully some positive things about money um, i think i got my girls bank accounts from the year dot type of thing um and talked about empowering them giving them money into the bank account and, they, and that sort of stuff to try and create this sort of empowering nature of money because it is empowering um so when we get these awarenesses that perhaps we do have limiting beliefs that you know we see money as a as a cost or money to you know charge whether your other clients or businesses and feel that's too expensive and all that sort of you know that those limits what can we do to try and i guess i guess at the limit those beliefs or even those smash those beliefs down what, what, what sort of things have you sort of found yourself personally but also working with some of your clients it's about reframing it so I I guess that when I first started my business, I would have been slightly limited in that. I don't want to charge too much. I don't want to seem greedy. And over the last few years, I've obviously been working on that. And that's now what I use to help my clients. Um, but it's not about greedy, being greedy. It's about charging for the value you're providing. Mm. And by doing that, you can have a greater impact in the, in the world so some people, they say, oh, you've got to be make money or have an impact. And they, they're two separate, but actually they're not separate because the more money you make, the greater the impact you can have because you mm. can either, you know, employ people, you can give to charity, you can help your local community. And so it's reframing it, you know, money, it's greedy to want more money. Well, is that true? Or can you reframe that in a way? So by mm. having more money, I can have a greater impact on the world. I can mm. have the time to go and volunteer for X, Y, Z that I want to do, or mm. I can help grow my business and therefore we can bring in apprentices or Kickstarters or, you know, or help someone else grow. And so it, it's, it's about reframing what you believe and, mm. um, a lot, a lot of people you know you hear is look after the pennies and the pounds will look after themselves and um <laughs> and it and it as much as that is true it's it's reframing it so in your we talked about this earlier so in your business you might think oh I don't want to spend x amount on marketing because it's a cost but actually mm-hmm. is it a cost or are you going to get a return on your investment if you yeah. invest a thousand pounds are you actually going to make five thousand pounds so therefore, you don't have to, it's not about looking after the pennies to look after the pounds. It, no. It's about seeing is that actually an investment in the business and what return you can get on that. So yeah, it's about reframing. Yeah, and I, I, I use that a lot with lots of my clients is that, that reframing perspective and 
you know, and interestingly, my wife, my wife does lots of um, <clears throat> Ironman triathlons and often she'll be at, at different stages along the way and then go, well, at least this one's not as, not as bad as the, the Keltman or whatever it is, a real tough Ironman. And so she reframes it and almost diminishes what she's doing, not the achievement almost at the time. Therefore, it helps her to overcome because it's not as bad as that one. Therefore, it's and so she, she reframes it. And and I use that whole investment cost piece all the time because I think people get this mindset of it's going to cost me. Well, therefore, it'll be painful. If something costs you, it's like a pain, isn't it? Mm. Um, and I guess also putting that sense of purpose behind it, as you said, about actually by creating wealth in some way, the purpose behind it is I can have an impact, local community, my family, legacy, whatever it may be. And it becomes not just about, not about the money, actually, it becomes bigger than that, I guess. Um, so I guess just thinking about, um, I guess, organizations and often that phrase, you know, cash is king. And I've heard some interesting thoughts on that. I just want to, because obviously it's good to have cash, isn't it? It's good to have cash around. Um, what are your thoughts on cash is king? And, and is it good to have a lot of cash around? So, yeah, that's a common one. Cash is king. And now you hear a lot of profit is queen. Um, <laughs> it's okay. <laughs> introduce me to another one there. Yeah. Um, yeah, cash, cash is very important. And COVID would have demonstrated that to a lot of businesses um sometimes especially in the fitness industry people can run at quite low cash and not have a lot of reserves and so when covid hit they didn't have that money to support them through the time period mm. um so as much as you don't want a lot of cash sloshing around in the business you do want enough that if anything was to happen you've got the support there and that's why I talk about having like pots of money so you're making sure that you're you've got say tax your profit your earn your you know salary and everything going into pots and so when something does happen you've got something to go back on and I do find that in the fitness industry they don't necessarily look at cash and they're you know the cash run um and it's important because there are dips, you know, a lot of, some of these businesses are seasonal. Mm. And if you haven't play, prepared for that seasonal dip, you, you're just not going to survive. And yeah, COVID has really highlighted that to people, how important cash is. Mm. Um, and you don't, you don't just want a lot of cash in the business just sloshing around if it's not going to do anything. That's why you would have, you know, you have a budget and it all mm. connects together. So what are you trying to achieve are you are you could you need to go out and recruit so it connects to like your hr strategy mm. and it connects to your marketing strategy and it's making sure you've got enough cash to support those objectives but mm. it's also important that the business owners are paying themselves because yeah. you'll find that a lot of business owners will reinvest in the business and not pay themselves um and that and then that, that's another thing with like strategy it's combining your that with your tax strategy mm. so making sure that you're extracting it at the right time <laughs> and so you might have more cash in the business because you're planning your tax strategy yes <laughs> to extract yeah. that cash well the reason i mentioned that the cash is king because it, it, it come a thing where people got obsessed by cash even for covid 
And I remember talking to a lot of businesses where they would just get into cash, having lots of cash because they've been told cash is king, cash is king. I've got to have cash, cash flow. Obviously, of course, it is. You have ups and downs in our businesses, depending on, on what you do. Um, but it can also limit your, I guess, scalability. It can limit what you do. And it's like making sure, as you said, put a budget in place. And it's like, do you need X thousand in your bank? Actually, you don't. You you know, as you if you budget and forecast and everything else, you can create enough cash flow to sort of keep you going. But actually, that other cash that because cash sitting in your bank doesn't do anything for you. No, it just loses value. It just loses value, and so actually, you could invest in whether that's marketing, people, whatever it may be. And I think sometimes there's another reframe mindset things going on with that as well. And I think as much as I know you you do a lot of the technical stuff. I think you're dealing with a lot of this mindset stuff with your clients and you know in organisations because it, it goes back to those beliefs they've got. Um, and I guess what are your thoughts on that? And just in terms of thinking a bit differently about cash is king and profit is queen. So it's connecting with the business strategy and the the goals of the business so like you said you don't just want a lot of cash sloshing around it's understanding mm. the overall strategy of the business and if you understand your strategy then you can put a budget in place and a cash flow in place and therefore you can understand how much cash you do need in the business mm. if your strategy is to grow then you want a budget that reflects that and the cash that's going to help that be achieved if you're if it's not if your aim isn't to grow and you just want to maintain, you're happy maintaining, then you don't need that cash just sat there, not mm. doing anything. So it really comes down to understanding your business strategy and your objectives and your personal goals mm. and aligning your business and your budget and your cash with that. Yeah. So like you said, if you want to grow and you want to invest, then you need the cash there to do that. But the cash in your bank's just going to sit there being five grand and actually the buying power of that is going to get lower and lower if it just yes. sits there whereas if you think i want to invest in i don't know some advertising or i want to invest in a business coach and what's that return on investment going to give you yeah no and no, i agree and i think i deal a lot with this with businesses where this <clears throat> this mindset of money becomes and it comes sometimes from their own experience where they've had uh, they've started a business and they've had some really rocky moments and therefore they've created this mindset of um, almost a small-minded mindset as in even though they might be a bigger business now they've still got a small mindset of keeping cash to themselves and ring fencing things and almost get a security blanket uh, which uh, I guess all stems back to that mindset and, it, and it's coming with that clear strategy uh, of what you're trying to do how you're going to get there and this is what you need to do isn't it yeah, so with money mindset, they say there's kind of three main things that people may have issues with. So one is receiving money, which we talked about earlier, um, uncomfortable receiving money. Some people want to either want to hold on to money, and which is what we're talking about now. And some people um, are uncomfortable maybe with giving away money. So when you're uncomfortable with holding on to money, it might be because when you were younger, maybe there wasn't a lot of money around or mm. you were told don't spend it all at once mm. um and these mindsets 
they mean that you're just you're just holding on to a ton of money and you're too scared to maybe take the risk or invest in your business further mm. or take it out and treat yourself so sometimes you can connect your own self-worth to money so if you don't if you feel a bit maybe have some negative beliefs uh, self-beliefs you then maybe don't feel like you deserve the money so therefore you hold it in the company and you don't mm. take it out of the money and and live the life you want to live yeah. so yeah there's kind of two I guess different might, reasons why maybe you're holding on to too much money in the company okay and so you talked about there about giving money away as well that that, that sort of is that like sort of giving charitable things or just because some people struggle sometimes with paying people as well don't they because <laughs> and then we'll delay things or they'll push it back or, or whatever it may be um so yeah that giving away money feels a bit I suppose you feel a bit out of control it's gone it's lost yeah so i most people would think of yeah charitable when giving but it's, it's what you said it's feeling uncomfortable with having so you're instead of having that money in, the, in your business you're you're giving it away to someone else and you feel uncomfortable because suddenly your bank balance has dropped <laughs> and so they delay payment or they ask for an extension or they just avoid the conversation mm. but that's just ultimately going to lead to creating a bad relationship with your supplier mm. and yeah that so you can feel uncomfortable with giving away money or it might be that you know, if you, you argue about the price and it could be you're arguing about like such a small amount of money in the big scheme of things mm. when actually you'd be better off investing a little bit more and getting a better service or uh, faster turnaround times. Yeah. Um, yeah. So it's, it's interesting how all these things come back to your mindset. And if yeah. you think in like a big organization, you can have these clashing mindsets where mm. people have come, been brought up differently or had different experiences and different beliefs. And so you can get to like board level and you've got different mindsets clashing. Yeah, and that's, that's an interesting point, actually, because you may be in a situation where you, somebody wants to invest in a scenario and somebody says, no, actually, I don't want to, I want to hold back and, and, and no, I don't think I've got enough money and how do we do, how do we reconcile that and when there's a group of people and you you might be dealing with perhaps individual businesses owners but there might be a, a couple of them a couple of directors how do we handle that almost group dynamic of mindsets because it can be quite challenging can't it yeah definitely it's why you need a good um good articles in place when you form the business and <laughs> <laughs> and uh yeah so it it comes down to the strategy of the business and that should be agreed upon so yeah what are you trying to achieve in this business some the business might be looking to sell off in five years time so you get businesses where they want to build this great base great brand and then they want to sell off in five years you get businesses that want to grow and then franchise out um, and others are lifestyle businesses so it's important that the directors agree on the direction of the mm. business and then it, it becomes easier to make those decisions, should you invest or should you not? Because we try to go down the logical route. So is this a logical decision to invest? But a lot of decisions are made from the emotional part of your brain. Mm. And so it's being able to connect with the emotions and not phrase it, but um, 
present it in a way that's going to emotionally connect with that person so they can come to a joint decision mm. so you provide logic because that's how I feel comfortable I have the logic yeah and then you make an emotional decision but you yes. feel like you've applied logic to that decision no I think you're right it goes back to that strategy piece isn't it and that, that's where the logic becomes in and and that's your guiding lights of a situation of, of decision making is let's go back to the strategy is this what we're trying to achieve our mission statement purpose whatever it is vision uh, and that'll make it clearer and easier where you go does this get us closer to what we're trying to achieve and if it does then subject to we've all got resources then we go ahead and do it i guess isn't it yeah that's it so if you're wanting to grow the business you're going to have to invest you're going to mm. have to take a bit of risk and you're going to have to go and invest in something. Mm. And it might not be something that's tangible. It could be something intangible, such as a coach. Yeah. Um, and by having that strategy, you can say, right, this is going to achieve this, this and this, and this takes us towards our strategy. And, and, and because otherwise people can get into this over, just overspending for the sake of overspending. They call it investment, but they just, they're basically just spending money because they feel uncomfortable having this much money. Yeah. So they, they just overspend. So by going back to a logic, you can and the strategy, it helps you to kind of take a step back, calm down, and then think through the process. Excellent. Um, I found this really valuable, Debbie. It's good to have this. And I think the mindset of, of money is is not only just a personal thing, but I think it's, it's a thing in business, whether you own a business, whether you're part of a business. Uh, I think the mindset of, getting a healthy mindset is really sort of valuable uh, and i thank you for your your insights and your experience um if people are interested in uh, wanting to connect with you what's the best way of them going about that so i'm on linkedin debbie hancock acma um and i'm on quite active on instagram trying out some new uh new tactics on instagram or new strategy on instagram as uh, so the southbourne accountancy on there and they can send me a dm or um on my website there is a contact sheet but to be honest most people seem to like to go through social media brilliant and i know you do an awful lot of, of posting a lot of videos of of, of help helping solving people's uh, problems uh, so do watch uh, debbie's uh, sort of videos certainly on linkedin anywhere i've seen uh, so well, th well thank you for coming on today really appreciate it and uh, no doubt we'll see you in person at some point uh, within the chamber uh locally so that'd be great yeah i'll see you then um i think it'd be the november one so i'll see you then yeah yeah thank you debbie cheers if you like this episode then please do subscribe do share with your friends and do check out other episodes in the series if you're looking for support and help in your organization to create a resilient culture then please do get in contact with me on julianrobertsconsulting.com Thank you.